to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we take you out of your backlog before it burrs you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the freakish facsimiles of Kiara Knightley and Orlando Bloom to my freakish facsimile of Johnny Depp. That probably took you a while to say, huh? Yes, it did. It did. Uh, please introduce yourselves. I, well, I could want to make you say it again, but I'm Jared. <laughs> and I'm Matt. If you want me to say it again, don't worry. We're going to say that kind of shit all episode long. <laughs> I will say that we do have a problem with the Uncanny Valley. I mean, it's not just Uncanny Valley. It's a whole port town of it. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncanny Great Open Sea. <laughs> the port town is built directly in the Uncanny Valley. Yep. And we're probably going to go somewhere else after that, but it's not nearly as fun as the Uncanny Valley in the port town. Yes, well, we have a first this time, as it's the first time we're going to be in a world that's live action, isn't it? Yes, it is the first time we are going to a live action world in a Kingdom Hearts game, and it won't be the last time. But just imagine if we are other live action movies, you know, like Beauty and the Beast, Upcoming Little Mermaid, Lion King. Hmm, wait, something seems wrong here. This is actually a <laughs> Disney property that started out live action, really. Well, it's a remake of a... Disney property that ended up becoming its own weird IP. Yes. Like it was, it started as a movie and then it was a a theme park ride. And then that theme park ride sort of became a meme. And then that meme became a movie. And then that movie created a freakish facsimile of Johnny Depp. Which movie are you saying was first? Uh, Wasn't the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, like in like the fifties or something? No, I really, there's a lot, there was a lot of pirate movies there was based on that, but there really wasn't like a specific one, man. There was a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I swear this is the case. Is this a Mandela effect here right now? I know I watched a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie when I was a kid. That was not the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that came out sure when I was in college. Sure, it wasn't Pirates, the Pirates, the movie, like the, that, that the weird musical one from like several decades ago. Because I got to say, no movie had that name before the ride was made. I'm fucking Mandela affecting here real hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> You could look it up. I don't mind pausing here, but it's like if it's a small world got a movie made out of it. Well, I mean, as of this recording, Jungle Cruise just has. And I have to say, as the only one here who's seen it so far, to my understanding, oh, they could make more movies out of that if they wanted. They put enough bullshit in. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> mad that apparently I am wrong here. <laughs> Maybe it's the pirate movie, the 1982 movie that. Was no, no, there's pirates of Penzance. No, no. I very distinctly remember a Pirates of the Caribbean movie that the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, the original one, before the Pirates of the Caribbean film series with Johnny Depp. And now I'm Mandela affecting really hard right now, and I'm annoyed. (laughs) I'm sorry. It doesn't exist. I'm very confident that maybe you saw 20,000 Leaves Under the Sea, which starts a sailing ship there, or... No, 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 no. This universe is false. We came from another one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I blame Taika Waititi then. Fuck. Without any more bullshit, today we are visiting the first live action world, as we said, uh, Port Royal. And we're going to be fleeing that horrorscape and going to Agrabah. I just really want Kingdom Hearts 4 to just remake everything to the live action versions and we just be horrified. (laughs) Because Aladdin's live action too, remember? You could do Aladdin's live action. You could do Little Mermaid's coming up. You could do the villain movies like Cruella. Hey, wait, John, isn't there a, isn't there a Little Mermaid uh, world in this one? No. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? No. This is no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I actually really enjoyed uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean films. They're kind of trashy, but they're good for what they are. Since this world is based on the first Pirates of the Caribbean film, Curse of the Black Pearl, I think that's probably should be the only one we really talk about here. 
The next Kingdom Hearts game that has a Pirates of the Caribbean world covers the duology, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. But we won't talk about those here. Well, to give my opinion quickly, I think the first one became a victim of its own success. Yeah, that sounds about right. You kind of see everything in it. Like, I always remember the directors bragging how the point was Jack Sparrow as a character. You never know if he's doing anything right or if he's goofy, but he kind of had this sense of he's clever. And then, of course, that got bastardized completely as each movie went on. He just became Bugs Bunny. Right. Uh, kind of flanderized, didn't he? Very much so. So and I think everything else kind of got dragged with him in, in the very traditional Simpsons way. Everything got pulled to the side. Isn't yep. it one of those things where we ended up getting too many direct-to-video movies or something like that because it got so successful? Or did it not quite come that far? There were five movies and every single one of them was a theatrical release. Yep. Oh, gotcha. I didn't realize there I were couldn't. five. Wow. I think I only saw the first and second. Even if you didn't finish the trilogy, that must have been confusing. The second one ends with a blatant cliffhanger. Yeah, it does. I enjoyed the first one. I just I'm just not the type to go out to theaters and I never ended up seeing the other ones because, you you know, like basically I I see these kind of films kind of socially. And I don't think anyone I know is like a really big fan of these films. Maybe I should watch them. But I got to say, on Stranger Tides, the fourth one was so bad. I never even bothered going near the fifth one. Oh, wow. I was already just like, okay, I don't need to see more of this after the third one. So I skipped the fourth and the fifth. Pirates 1 was a fun, fun film. I like Pirates 1. I like Pirates 2. And they wanted to tap on into the success of it. Like the very first thing I wrote into my notes when I was playing through the last time was, remember when there wasn't any kind of fatigue over the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise and people were treating it as a hot Disney IP? Kingdom Hearts (laughs) 2 remembers. (laughs) Yep. It was one of three ride movies they made all at the same time. Do you remember yeah, all- what the other two are, uh, Matt? <laughs> Why are you putting Matt on the line? He just said he's not a film buff. <laughs> I know, but I'm almost certain you, though, John. I'm just curious if he has any memory. <laughs> I I don't actually know. I, you said Jungle Cruise, but I think that's not that's what new. you're talking about. That's very that's recent. brand new this year. About the same time as Pirates, they put out Haunted Mansion starring Eddie Murphy. I, I never saw that one. In fact, I never knew of its existence. It's actually relatively harmless. It's put it trying to put a mythology to Haunted Mansion was even worse than Pirates. But the third one, that's the one people remember with dread. And that's the Country Bear Jamboree. Oh, Wait, they no. made a movie of that. I didn't know that. With the villain was Christopher Walken. Oh, no. And they were terrible animatronic and costume effects there. It's the infamous one. <laughs> okay. And all the all that being all that in under consideration, I'm pretty glad that Pirates of the Caribbean is the franchise that actually managed to take off. Bungie Bear Chabri 3, Blood in the Water. <laughs> at least <laughs> at least I'm pretty sure that the reason Pirates of the Caribbean took off is that most of the actors involved are hot. Yeah. So we now that we've covered several paths of madness. Yes. yes. You best start believing in Shonen animes, boy. You're in one. Oh no. Oh, Fucking hell. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) So, Uh, so yeah, it's worth talking of one more thing here. Now, like bringing the topic into here. And that's talking about the weirdness of pirates being even in Kingdom Hearts 2. Because it's blatant. Do you want to know why this is in this game? Look up the movie year release date. (laughs) Yes. Movie released in what? 2003? Curse of the Black Pearl came out specifically in 2003. Okay. And Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2005. 
I believe so. Yes. What was the biggest movie that Disney had in between Kingdom Hearts one and Kingdom Hearts two? <laughs> That's only, that was clearly it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, Pixar is a little bit separate from them, so they don't get the glom yeah. like that. So. Yeah, Pixar has not been bought by Disney yet, and Disney's animation studios are kind of like in a bit of a doldrums right now, making stuff yeah. like Chicken Little. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chicken Little. You're just not a useful summon. So we go to Port Royal, and instantly you know it looks completely different to any other world in the game so far. Which is kind of funny to say about a game in which you're literally going to different concepts, but just this one sticks out. Yeah, all the textures in this world are a lot more realistic is the best word I have for it, even though it still has the Disney feel to it. Even the textures that we're using on Sora, Donald and Goofy have a bit more texture to them. It's weird and off-putting. It's it's minor, though, in this one, as I recall. Like you can sort of tell it's different, but you really have to like do comparison and focus. But we really do have some weird effects here because it has the... Mario Odyssey effect where, you know, Mario is an entirely different species than every other human. And then, you know, it's the same sort of thing where Sora looks entirely different than every other human in this setting. Well, I don't think it's actually supposed to be humans in New Donk City, but (laughs) I mean, all I'm not going to get into deep Mario lore. This is a Kingdom Hearts podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Would you believe I still never played that? Uh, actually very good. It's fun. Yeah. You know, it's just something I never I said, I know it's good. I know it's enjoyable. I just never wanted around to it and it never got, got cheap enough for me to want to pay for it. We keep getting into the weeds here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I think it's because we're trying to do everything we can to pull off the next moment, because although we get Pete, who we love, we immediately have to see what the characters of this world look like. And yep, Pete is negotiating with a freakish facsimile of Jeffrey Rush. Isn't his character named Barbosa? No, it's a freakish facsimile of Jeffrey Rush. I am insistent on this terminology. Yeah, it's kind of boring. I think he's just, he looks like he's suffering from a thematically accurate living dead curse. I mean, he's completely lifeless looking. <laughs> they're, they're talking animations about as flat as it comes, and the coloration is... Yep. Woof. Brown. Yep. Yep. Anyway, the freakish facsimile of Jeffrey Rush does not question the cartoony cat jerk in his very realistic world. I feel that, as of this point, maybe we should stop pointing that out, because no one ever questions them if you could tell me one of the later games someone says what the hell are these things here i would i would shake that character's hand does that ever happen i will have to find out because i do not recall but jeffrey rush does think finding sorrow donald and goofy sounds cool can we talk about really bad line delivery here yes because like barbo oh it's barbosa i still don't think i'm not going to use your mouthful there it's too difficult on my own it's fun to say though try it <laughs> eh. The moonlight shows us for what we really are. And then Pete drops a bombshell. Apparently the Keyblade, we've kind of suspected this, but it breaks all the rules of reality. Since so it's a magic that doesn't belong in this world. And no one would know what it does to you. And then Pete, for some reason, especially when the moon's showing what you really are, that's such a weird line delivery. This is one of those Disney uh, worlds where they got precisely none of the original actors, isn't it? Oof. Oh, God. Can you imagine them trying to spend money to get a- actual Orlando Bloom and actual Johnny Depp to do voices for this? <laughs> Je- Jeffrey Rush, he's there. I said, well, definitely circle. I think we can circle back around that a little bit, talk a little bit more about But you're right. Everyone here is doing their best. Well, we can talk more about but it's not the originals. So, you know, they, they're like undead pirates. Like, sure, we'll fight this dumb kid. There's a cool mechanic here where, like, as we were alluding to just before, you cannot hit them if they are not in moonlight. 
So there was a bit of volumetric shadow playing around here, which like was really cool technology back in the mid 2000s. No, it's pretty cool because they actually do a thing where, you know, the it's not like, oh, they go into a spot and their model changes. They actually have a thing where the shadows actually can cut into them and they'll be, you know, a very hard line of yeah. in the moonlight. They'll they'll be undead. And but, you know, if the half their face is outside the shadow, they'll be not undead. Yep. That's re- a really cool effect. They did a good job in the PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me enter my nitpicky zone. Why are they Im- Im- immortal when they're in their flesh and blood forms? They don't die, but that's a form in a movie where like they bleed. Things actually seem to hit them. They're skeletons, stuff falls through them. So why is that when they're most vulnerable? Bucket, Keyblade's magic, and it beats out local magic. Are we actually just murdering these guys? They're not heartless, so we're not releasing hearts. Shit. <laughs> yeah, if, if their curse is lifted, they go back to being human. So it's not like they'll just die like skeletons. So... What is going on here? <laughs> well, pirates are hostess humanas generalis, so. What was that? I'm sorry? Hostess humanas generalis, enemies of humanity, is how pirates are uh, classified by, by international law. Got it. One Piece would like to have a word with you. That's a different world where the laws can't are can't talk much, about that yet. <laughs> and, the, and the laws there are much different and, frankly, much worse. Yeah, so let's just go back there. This Keyblade's mighty power there. Is that what Triton was so scared of in the first in the first game? Probably. Yeah, like it hacks the system and hacks the entire planet. That thing's dangerous. Keep it out of my world. After after they win, Pete fucks off. Yep. And Sora wants to play Luffy and Jack the pirate ship. Yep. Sorry, buddy. You got to wait till Kingdom Hearts 3 to actually have fun with a pirate ship. But we can get a, a movement mechanic. Sora and Luffy actually kind of share a lot of attributes in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're shown in spiky boys, yep. even though Luffy isn't that spiky. His spikes are covered up by the hat. He's actually very rounded. Yep. But like he has all the traits of a spiky boy. So. So based, so after this, we have a nice scene between a couple of terrifying faux human stand-ins for Orlando Bloom and Karen Knight. Freakish facsimiles. No, I would be more creative than that. I bet you I've run out of terms before we're done. I'll see if you do, <laughs> sir, that is a awkward way of saying that. I would just say you're on or, or I'll see that bet. So are we going to form a theory of the undead curse being related to the heartless? I mean, we late <sighs> and later in the game, a nobody is literally affected by the curse. So this I'm is true. Sure. This is true. We'll talk about that later when we come back to this world later. So, yeah, I have into my notes. We head into town and a freakish facsimile of Kara Knightley is being carted off by a freakish facsimile of a pirate. A freakish facsimile of Orlando Bloom is attacked by Heartless. I had a lot of fun writing those words in my notes, is all I'm going to say. But like I said, let's let's try. Let's go get some range here. So we go we go over to Orlando Bloom's failed clone and we see and say we can help him find what he's looking for here. And so we have our first little area in Port Royal, which is the port itself, which is this little ring area between the fort, the town, and the port. None of it is very big, mm. and only the town is actually, like, has any kind of hidden things. And it has, also has a new Heartless, the cannon gun, which is literally what it says on the tin. I kind of like the the, the town. It had a yeah. lot of blind, blind alleys, and yeah. it felt very much like the setting. It's a rare instance of Kingdom Hearts 2 actually having a pretty interesting locale, even if it's, like, still pretty linear overall. 
it's a little unusual because not only do we have a cannon heartless, the cannon gun that put there, you're also occasionally still fighting some of the uh, pirates as well. Oh, yeah. Swarms. Pirates and heartless are working together. Yep. Cats and dogs living together. Chaos run amok. And while I won't say the game goes all the way into making you have to deal with the pirate's curse, it's relatively simplistic in most zones, it does add that extra element, at least. So naturally, Sora and co. get there in time just to see that they're way too late. The ship's left. Yep. But we do meet a freakish facsimile of Johnny Depp at the harbor. So Sora decides he's going to be a pirate today. And Johnny Depp's bizarro stunt devil seems okay with that. Yeah, seems good. Sounds good. This kid is an easy mark, so I'll hang out with him for a while. Note that we literally meet this guy in the act of climbing aboard a ship to steal it, and no one seems to care too much. Sora is playing pirates. He's he's into it. And it's pretty great here that the plot is going on while Sora's does to try to get attention. Like, we really got, like, like we really got the characters. Just, just put aside the joke for a moment. We got Will and Jack Sparrow talking. The bit where Jack knows his Will's name in time. Sora's going, I'm Sora. This is Donald and Goofy. And they don't say a word to him. Seems normal. Seems legit. Sounds good. I think Sora still thinks of pirates in the... He, he didn't get enough of it while playing with Peter Pan in the last game. And, like, he probably has a romantic idea of pirates because he grew up on a fucking deserted island. Yeah. Well, not deserted island. He li- he grew up on an island near a deserted island, and he pl- spent all his time playing on the deserted island. This really just all goes to show how confusing that setup is. <laughs> if they had showed us more than one screen of Sora's mom, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Not one screen, one off screen of Sora's mom. You're right. Uh, we have never seen Sora's mom on screen. Maybe she doesn't actually exist and it's just a voice. I think she's now worried that she remembers him that her son's been missing for a year. She didn't seem to care, I guess. I don't know. I guess she was kind of non-existent. It's like Pokemon. You just send your 12-year-old out into the world to find themselves. And then you shack up with a Mr. Mime. <laughs> now, here's where this world really gets into, I think, its main weaknesses. I was already joking about them trying to do the plot, but they try hard to stuff oh, here. They are trying to do shot for shot recreations of iconic scenes from the movie. And when you have this scene of a couple of haunted marionettes of Jeffrey Rush and Karen Knightley talking about Aztec curses, you lose all the tension there because there's no blocking. There's no music except sort of the various background sound effect. There's none of that visual scene like the uh, I think they call it the moonlight dance or whatever is that whole scene with all the Mm -hmm. pirates, the big reveal. None of it. Yep. It's an adorable amount of effort of trying to make a remastered PS2 game look like a live action movie. So. Yeah, so that so we we had to sit through all that narration there, which is kind of funny because we've had the whole bit where Elizabeth was using a fake name, but we haven't heard that actually happened. So it's completely confused here. We don't know who any of these are if we haven't already seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So but then we go back to Sora Donald Goofy and the horrifying homunculi of Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. And they're, yep. they're ambushed by pirates. Yep. And Heartless that are also pirates. Pirates they are everywhere. You see one. There's 50 in the shadows and they're stealing all your material and posting it online. Shit. That, we that, have that, a bunch that, of fights, then we go to Isla de Muerte. Yep, I have in my notes that the straight recreations of movie scenes give this world the biggest feeling of we're in a self-insert fictive all so far. <laughs> I would argue that's probably the aspirational feeling of Kingdom Hearts half the time. It's, it ends up really shallow. Yeah, they aren't really doing anything but having us watch a poor recreation of a better movie here. Yeah. Thor think- really just seems like this weird and I'm here too character. Yeah, I kind of feel like between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, they kind of finally figure out what they want to do with the Disney worlds. 
and they become a lot better in terms of narrative wise and what sort what Sora gets to do in them and the role he gets to play. Yep. So, well, so, I guess not necessarily Sora in the intervening games, but you know what I mean. Sometimes Sora. We're going to get another scene while Sora, Donald, and Goofy get to fight some mooks. Yeah, I mean, so here we have, let's see, do these all. I can't believe it's not Bloom. It's Diet Depp with his oar. Well, Nightly Light is accosted by Reduced Fat Rush. I'm going to keep doing these, John. So we fuck off and leave the Freaky Specs and leave Johnny Depp on the island. <laughs> Coward. I value consistency, sir. Well, Deplica and Rerush are talking about the, damn it. the movies. We know how this <laughs> we know how this all goes, how they how they make their own little deal and, and crap. I have in my notes release Elizabeth and Sora and Dalton and Goofy, too, is one of my favorite SDG lines so far. You know, if it doesn't if, no, if it's not too much trouble, them too. <laughs> yep. Those but like, I, it's just adding them in in the proper order every time. It's just like the most delightful thing in all the Kingdom Hearts dialogue to me is whatever like that is so strictly enforced. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it, all this is going on. I mean, we know the scenes, the whole bit where, where, oh, your father's not Will Turner. So this this was useless here. I jump out and I'm the one important there. And then, you know, there's the bit where they're trying to convince Barbosa to work with Jack here. Barbosa, who's that? A substance almost but not entirely unlike Jeffrey Rush. OK, that's a hitchhike, good hitchhike, hitchhiker's guide for the wind, dude. Yep, yep, that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> so after all this goes down, we just go through. I said I feel like we're skimming it, but I just feel like recapping the movie. We don't need to do that. Yeah. And so, so we're just gonna have a bit where Pete and his cartoony heartless gang are gonna crash our weird realistic pirate adventure. <laughs> realistic. No, it's brown, isn't it? Fuck, that is how realistic was measured in the mid two thousands. Well, Pete's brought bombs. Oh boy. Gunpowder bombs that we need to knock off because we can't go five minutes in this game without some weird mini game twist on fighting. I, I actually failed this one at least once this playthrough. I don't really imagine that. I think I just lost. I got stuck in the um, geography and just couldn't. It lost time. Got it. So once all that's done and Pete apparently decided that's it, he's done. Ursat's Elizabeth asks our, our boys to help her guy because decomposing depth is not trustworthy. Good work. Good work. You I'm really are sure. making good on your promise, sir. I'm pretty sure Depp is not one of the ones who is decomposing, at least not yet. Well, they're all decomposing at this point. If you just look at them, I mean, uh, the the actual character models do have that veneer to them. Yes, this has been weathered by time and bacterial growth. Hey, there's some Kingdom Hearts shit on this island. All of a sudden, a, a absent silhouette has appeared and it's Larkseen. Yeah, I didn't yes. touch it at all. I wanted to overpower it at the end, but it's good to see Arxine again. I miss her. We we really this self-serious pie here could really use her standing there taking the piss out of everyone. Oh, yes. I <laughs> like Larxine giving no fucks and just being evil for the sake of being evil is exactly what the story needs right fucking now. She was a troll that knew what she was and didn't care. Yep. 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 She literally is the you mad troll. We also get this absolutely absurd Donald line. Where he says, not probable, we're alive and we're pirates. The full context of which is what is what is going on in the scene? I completely forget right now. Well, basically what happened at this point is that our our photocopy of a photocopy of Jeffrey Rush is saying it's not possible that we're all alive. And that's right. It's kind of a ripoff of a movie line and down. So when it jumps in with that, of course. Got it. And so then they go with going the lines uh British facsimile of Johnny Depp responds with Captain Jack Sparrow. And then Sora, Donald and Goofy do Sora, Donald Duck, Goofy too, all in a row as well. 
It's like, guys, you're not part of the movie. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So let's just smash cut to a fight. Yep. We can get to the Barbosa boss fight. Apparently Barbosa, he calls on Pete for help because apparently he decided he can't do this fight. And Pete calls in a heartless boss. The Illuminator. This one's pretty fun. As I recall, the boss goes invisible and you have to like hold off Barbosa repeatedly. Because the pirates are weak against magic, everything in this fight just gets wrecked by wisdom form. It's pretty fun. Wisdom form is always fun when you get to do stuff with it. Oh, yeah. Just I think it's, I just had a, I just had a really hard time with it. I can't explain it really very well. The way you use it is you want to keep your distance and, and pew, pew, pew away with your keyblade gun. My spatial awareness tends to get me ran, ran in the ones behind me. I didn't realize were there. Ah, uh, that could be a problem. I'm pretty good sometimes, but some, like just with that sort of movement seemed to really make me struggle from time to time. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, again, because the plot's happening, this is what happens before. Jack, you know, he shoots Barbosa and the, by the way, he shoots Barbosa and then throws the last medallion in the chest, breaking the curse with a bullet lodged in the guy's heart. Yep. And a human character has now fucking died in this cartoony Disney game. Yep. And we get aerial finish and Goofy's limit break. What's what? What are those? Uh, aerial finish is a extra finisher move in the air. Uh, and Goofy's limit break. Goofy's limit break is called teamwork. During teamwork, uh-huh. Goofy repeatedly launches himself over short distances, leaving a trail of air behind him. Any enemies that Goofy hits take heavy damage. This attack can be charged for greater distance. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts fandom wiki. I feel like I saw a Kingdom Hearts three joke video where he uses a move like that and just jumps off a cliff. Yeah, I think I only used this move once because I needed it for journal completion. I don't use a lot of the limit breaks. The limit breaks use up a lot of MP, and the only one that's actually really good is Trinity Limit. Yeah. Yeah, and the plot continues at breakneck speed. Seconds after Barbosa's dead, Will and Jack are saying goodbye and just sort of desperately trying to inject and say, you should still be good. Yep. And two weeks past expiration, everyone here is just, whatever, go away, kid. Donald and Goofy mock Sora for having feelings. I have in my notes, Goofy once again makes fun of Sora for being a horny teen, and this time Donald jumps into the dog pile. Yeah, because Sora basically cannot watch cannot watch two shadow puppets given given a horrifying unlife uh, hug without thinking about Kyrie, and they immediately mock him for it. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> Sora is definitely in his middle, awkward teen, pubescent years. It's great. And I think with that, I got all the way through the this bizarre image of these bug infested rag dolls. And we can finally just prove that I win. Yep. Yep. You did. Good job. Good job. We <laughs> and so we leave this world with nothing but memories. Horrible, horrible, horrible eye seeing memories. memories. Jack's Cup is our gate out of here. Let's not do this again. Well, we're going to do this again. Shit. And we get a new keyblade. Follow the wind, which has more draw. Yay. Draw. Well, is that draw like in? I, whenever I hear draw, I just think immediately of FF8 where you have to just cut pull magics. Uh, what draw does is it makes the little uh, health magic and money bubbles. You don't have to be as close to them to have them pull to you. That's what draw does. More draws better always. Yeah, fair enough. And Jack's gate opens up a few new worlds for us to go into a whole new one, if you might might say. Yep. Uh, we got Agrabah and Halloween Town, and you you did not just do what you just did. I I want to hang out with some old friends. <laughs> So let's it's just go right over. The, right no, no, no. We are going the farthest place from the sea, the desert, damn it. <laughs> so we're going to go to Agrabah because that's what we decide on here. It's also lower world than Halloween Town. And I think we have another milestone here. This is the first direct video story we're going to be doing. Yep. Oh, boy. 
we can do a vague retelling of the Return of Jafar plot. Who here has watched Return of Jafar? I have. Who here? Oh, cool. Watched, we all did. Here, watch King of Thieves. I have not. I have not. I, I win. I also watched the cartoon series regularly as a kid. I watched it a few times. It was all right. Yeah. So the problem is Return of Jafar is actually pretty good because it was before they started really pumping them out. And it's clear they kind of wanted it as a semi-pilot for the animated series because characters have continuity over to that. Yep. But the problem is here they cut half of that out and leave just the dregs. They also split this movie plot in half in the course of the game as well, because like this is a weird Kingdom Hearts game where we go to each world twice and they can't do the whole story in one time this time for some fucking reason. I mean, there's this whole comedy villain character they cut out named Abysmal. Oh, my God. I just got that. Wait, wait. So, OK, his, first, name say it Abys- his name is Abysmal. Abys- Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, he's he's this patsy that gets used by Jafar throughout it. And he just stays the stupid comedy villain who does keep showing up again in the cartoons. And I believe it took me that long to realize that was the joke. <laughs> heard it here first, folks. Took Jared almost 20 years to realize a joke. 20 years? 30 years? Oh, not 30. The epitome of the direct-to-video phenomenon is probably the land before time. What are they up to? 16? Fucking hell. I don't even want to think about that. There was only one land before time movie. Only one. <laughs> only one. <laughs> the first land before time movie fucking ripped my heart out when I was a kid. It was great. Oh, same. Fortunately, that is a Don Bluth film, so we have no risk of ever seeing it in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about the Agrabah world in Kingdom Hearts 2, guys. We're going to be doing, as we said, we're going to be doing that half part of Return of Jafar. Yep. We open on Iago seeing Sora, Donald and Goofy walk into the bazaar, which is a lot more open this time around. Yeah, they're shooting. They're shooting the shit, wondering how their old friends are doing. I have in my notes, Iago assures us he's not scamming us. And oh, no, this is Return to Jafar. Yeah. And by the way, they he runs right up to him. And they're about ready to kick his ass. They just pull their weapons the second they see him. Yep. What ends up happening right away is we're helping Iago make up with Aladdin and Jasmine. Because we need to have some way of getting this story off the ground. Uh, the you know, tones of Gilbert Gottfried's voice acting. Yes. How do they, they keep him in this? I think Gilbert Gottfried will just do anything. <laughs> yeah. There's some new Heartless in the Bazaar. We have the return of the Fat Bandit, but we also have Luna Bandits and Silver Rocks. What is a Silver Rock again? I forget. Oh, Silver Rock is one of the uh, uh, Magic Bell Black Mage thingies. Yeah. Yep. So rock in this case being well, rock music. Yes. And what makes the Luna Bandit different from the old bandits? Uh, Appearance, I think. Aren't they the ones that have the big old scimitars? No, they don't. They have like big hand chakrams. I guess a hand. Oh, gotcha. Got it. Okay, so that's why they're Luna, because they throw circles. Is it? They look somewhat otherwise, but they have that new weapon there. So that's fun. In fact, bandits are as annoying as ever. High hitbox, you bounce off them. They are actually super weak to valor form, as I recall in this one. Like you can actually switch to valor form and pierce the defense. There's a call SDG are completely unage to the eye. was like, well, you're free. Have a nice life. And then Goofy's like, ah. I feel bad. He looks sad. Yep. We end up just like pitying this poor fucking bird and we're going to help him out. Damn it. And yeah, especially since it's an awkward way to try to imitate the uh, second movie. Iago running away knocks a jar on some heartless and that means he's helped us. Sure. Okay. 
Yep. Can I just say that it's strange that we just had a whole pirate world and the desert is where we find a parrot? You are right. That is weird. What the fuck, Kingdom Hearts? What the fuck, Disney? I mean, is that really on Kingdom Hearts fault? No, I think I don't think they had any parrots in most of Pirates Pirates. Maybe they had them in later ones or something like that. I mean, I guess it's a super cliche thing to have a parrot on a pirate. Yep. There is one in the movie. There's the deaf guy whose parrot speaks for him, apparently, but just says random pirate cliches. <laughs> so we do see Jasmine there and she does seem to recognize us. And here's my question there. She never, ever mentions Hollow Bastion. Does that seem weird to you guys? That happened in a separate reality. But she was the same person in both. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to think about it. It'll make my head hurt. Uh, doesn't want to mention in front of Aladdin because Aladdin's she, not there. True. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Iago completely fucks this up. Yeah. He literally says, like, she's worried that Aladdin's acting strange. This bird who knows they hate him jumps out, suggests that maybe Aladdin's cheating on her and he'll go find out. <laughs> Smooth. Nailed it. <laughs> And basically just like because we need to move the story along, people come on. Uh, Aladdin runs by after Abu seems to have stolen something from a merchant. And what is that thing? It's a lamp. Aladdin is literally just doing the run by. Hi, how's it going? I'm busy. Yep. Not just any lamp, though. It's Jafar's lamp. It's yeah. Black lamp. And Aladdin does not notice or give a shit. Yep. Be keeping that thing under lock and key. Yes. I mean- well, I guess if you didn't bring Lamb to the last fight, he didn't get to see the Black Lamb. It was just you guys beat up Iago. Fair. He got the peddler shows up and Lamb gives him back to back to Lamp. Iago notices that it's a Jafar's lamp. Freaks the fuck out about it. And I mean, he's actually really freaking terrified. Yeah. What we need to do now is we need to get some kind of treasure that we can trade for that lamp so that we can fucking bury it. But, but we're supposed to dig things out before they bury you, John. What? This is, remember, this is where we dig things out before they bury you. I don't understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's our tagline. Why? Uh, my brain. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Why did I bring you along sur- on this endeavor? <laughs> for for the for the mental stimulation, of course. Yes, clearly. So that I don't lose my existence to boredom. That's how that's why I did it. Got it. I'll take it. So we got to go get some treasure from the Cave of Wonders where the treasure ex- is explicitly forbidden and you die if you touch it. Yeah, all this is I just want to stop and say all this stuff's going on at once. Jasmine ran off. We don't bother asking her to help. Like, maybe we can confiscate the lamp. We just take the peddler at face value. And Lan just says he's been moping about missing his friends, but not talking to him about this is all stuff happening within five minutes. There's a lot of cursed treasure lately. Yep. Yes. But, you know, the Cave of Wonders, only one man can enter, touch nothing but the lamp. Or, you know, everyone can just walk right in. It's open house night at the Cave of Wonders. Pete walks right in. No problem. So do we. No boss fights. Wouldn't you call Pete a diamond in the rough? Pete's wonderful. Pete is wonderful. You are correct. Pete is totally a diamond in the rough. <laughs> and he does, you don't get much rougher. Oof. Maleficent actually kind of seems to recognize what she has. Yeah. In a like, lot of ways. He's loyal and actually more competent than every other Disney villain. <laughs> he mean, he's actually trying in every world. Right. During that, during that back right before time was over, she seemed ready to kill him. She's certainly giving a lot of rope, so she just must know. Keep yeah. him around, but you also got to very, very heavily pressure him. Yep. yep. So pressure, pressure makes diamonds. Shit, <laughs> shit. 
Nailed it. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> so the Cave of Wonder, it's kind of turned into a fight. It's kind of turned into a fight course rather than an obstacle course now. Which is better, honestly. Yeah. Uh, fuck the old Cave of Wonders. This one, even though it's just like a straight shot down to the uh, Chamber of Treasure, this Cave of Wonders is nice. I like it. It's got some new Heartless. It's got the fortune teller and the fiery globe. Yeah. And we're not swimming anymore. We're not swimming anymore. We've got some cool Heartless like the fortune teller, fiery globes and their new friend, the icy cubes. How would you describe these ones? Uh, fortune teller is I think it's flying around on like a ball of energy or a crystal ball or something. It looks like what you would expect a Heartless and Agrabah to look like. If that makes it, sense. It kind of looks, looks like it's doing a balancing act almost. It's got the yep. like big hood and, and the cloak and everything. Yep. Fiery globes are exactly what it says on the tin. It's a globe of fire. Icy cubes are exactly what it says on the tin. It's a cube of ice. I thought the fiery globe kind of had a craggy magma look to it. It does. It does. Like it's it's less a cave of wonders and more a cave of mini games. Like we have to guide the stupid monkey through the cave when a boo swipes a gem. And there's also the chasm of challenges, which is a timed free fall to fight a bunch of heartless. And if you don't do it fast enough, you have to start over. Because you're put on this platform kind of in the void. You fight a bunch of Heartless. After about a minute, the platform vanishes, and you and all remaining Heartless fall to the next platform. You can find the midair, and this just keeps happening until either you run out of platforms or you kill all the Heartless by the last one. It's kind of neat that they mix it up a little bit. This is kind of a bunch of weird stuff happens at once. We go into the treasure chamber, which, remember, you're not supposed to touch, and Pete somehow got behind us, even though he went in first, so he's spying on us. I mean, he noticed that we were there and he hung back and he's like, "Okay, cool. I'm going to see what happens here. This shit looks interesting. Yeah, he hides around a blind corner. Pete really does know how to do some self stuff, showing how huge he is. That's why he dresses in black and purple. What would you say his class is? Ninja? Rogue? Something like that? Or maybe a strength focused monk. All right. Possible. Because he doesn't use weapons either. So by the way, we skipped something last time. Not only did Goofy and Dowd crap on Sora about about feelings, they then, then Goofy and Sora teamed up to mock Donald. They thought he would just steal the cursed treasure and get screwed. <laughs> and apparently that was foreshadowing. Goof Donald immediately gets obsessed with the, with this cursed treasure. Yeah, Donald would definitely be the first person in the group to get cursed. And so Donald gets entranced by treasure. Pete sticks some heartless at us. I forget. Is it just like the same heartless we've been seeing? Nothing new? Nothing special? I, I believe it's just a uh, medium-sized swarm there. Yep. And, and then what happens there, we then, because Pete, I think, I don't remember what happens here. The treasure room starts collapsing, so we leave and we run all the way back to the peddler's shop. Yeah, I have in my notes, Pete gets the lamp, Iago swipes it back, and I get flashbacks about the fights from Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories. I think I think that happens when they make it to the peddler's shop, like the, the, he's right, openly right. stealing it from the peddler. Right, right. They sort of comedy chase their way all the way up to the palace gates. Yep. And right at the palace gates, we get Genie, finally. And I have to say, in a weird choice, Genie gr- it runs into Pete, the first guy he saw, and says the next two minutes, assuming he's the lad and talking about him. Well done, Genie. Well done. Maybe he's just trying to do the Bugs Bunny thing where he annoys the clear, obvious cartoon villain. I mean, he's just being very weird. He's imagining Aladdin's life. He's having versions of himself and himself being Aladdin and Jasmine hugging. So after that, we have an easy fight against the Volcanic Lord and the Blizzard Lord. I don't even remember what you get from this fight. It's probably just like some kind of HP up or something. You're fighting a big fire guy and a big ice guy. But really, this is the best Pete had here. No wonder he's struggling. Bay you win is just by catching one and launching it into the other. Uh, it's cool reaction command, at least. I mean, it's cool, but honestly, they have low HP and don't really have threatening attacks. So you just beat him to death. Yeah, I goes friends with everyone. Everyone's happy. Abu stole a cursed gem. It's all good. 
Wait, back up on that one. I have on my notes these three lines. Abu runs in with a big gem he stole. How much you want to bet the gem is a gate? Donald tries to do the fake out toss to seal the gem from Abu and fails to trick everyone. Sure enough, it's a gate. We have one path to the Pride Lands now. John, you can't stay in denial forever. You're right. We still have Halloween Town next time. Sooner or later, you're going to have to face your fears. No, no, I, I, we, we are not at Kingdom Hearts three yet. We can't talk about face your fears. I can't. <laughs> I can't actually disagree with John here. Uh, I, I have to support John in this endeavor as much as possible. I'm going to try my best to maintain my sanity through the course of the season. And to do that, we are going to have to do one thing all at once. He'll try to eventually, keep sanity with the help of his podcast friends. Eventually, we're going I'm to really have to... Refer- I'm, I'm really referencing here today. <laughs> eventually, we're going to have to swim that way, though, John. Fuck! Swim and play. Fuck! Don't, don't do it. I, I, I have not recovered from the last time I did that. Please, please, just... just I, all I, I'm begging you. Matt, I think we might be opening a door that best relate, remains closed. We have one thing to check in on before we uh, wrap up this episode. And that's Kyrie, who's stuck on a beach far away from this plot. Yeah, well, that's no worry. She's we're going to get we're going to get a hand here. The Axel plot delivery service is here. Corridors of darkness are opening up all over Destiny Islands. Pluto has wandered through it. Axel has also wandered through it. And Pluto is helping Kyrie escape Axel. Yeah. Well, basically, you know, this this guy is this tall guy dressed in dark clothes. With, I'm a friend of Sora. Let's go see him. I'm glad Kyrie's smart enough to know that's that even though she's at first a second, she's wondering about Sora. She snaps out of it. Mm-hmm. She, she knows like, that she shouldn't trust the guy. Yep. It's like Axel just basically. I don't know. He's like he's, he's just he's just it's just creepy. I mean, I'm kind of doing a kidnapping. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of Nick, creepy, Axel. Pluto, with his inexplicable portal creating ability, helps Kyrie escape, and she runs right into Twilight Town. Yep. <laughs> into the usual place. Yep. She wakes up in the usual spot, and Pence, Hainer, and Olette are sitting there. We technically can go back to Twilight Town at this point, too, but we're not gonna. Because next week, it's Christmas! Yay! <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, and maybe maybe I'm a lion? Or whatever that song is, I don't know. Matt, take <laughs> us away. So until next time, uh, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. What's with chicken IPs flopping? We had uh, Chicken Little and we had Billy Hatcher, and nobody cares or likes about them. Cares about them or likes them. And people like Chicken Run. That's not an IP. Like, was Billy Hatcher an IP? I thought it was just a single game. It was, but they wanted to make it an IP, it seems. Like, I think when it is a mass market targeted thing, it's intended to be an IP. When it is the Aardman company doing a cute animated movie that isn't 
Wallace and Gromit, it's probably not intended to be a new IP. Now I'm just thinking of the interrogating the parrot sequence in, in Ace Attorney 1. Ah, fuck which is an me, excellent though. sequence. Uh, Amazing. I hate this. I kind of excellent sequence. Truly excellent. <laughs> it, it just kind of makes everyone... I mean, I get some of it there, but it kind of makes everyone look like a stupid jackass. That is the point. It's high <laughs> melodrama in the court. Yes. Everyone looks like a stupid jackass in high melodrama. Yeah.